free speech under attack, the Irish referendum on divorce, and unpopular opinions on three Americans. Irishman stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This, of course, is the show exclusive to the Blaze, where you come for the accent, but you stay for the principles. And today I want to talk to you about many topics that are kind of different and, and unique. But I want to start off by talking to you about the big differences in society. And one of the things I try and do is I try and take a, I hope you feel it with the show, is I take a step back and I try and look at the principles of what actually are our differences. And one of the biggest differences I can see, and this is not a left-right or a, a liberal or conservative divide, because there's people in those camps that see are involved in these differences and not on the side you may think. But one of the differences we have is how we see government. You know, there's always been some type of form of government, regardless of the label. There's always been those in power, whether they're elected or chosen or they were born to be that way or whatever way it was. There's always been people in power. The differences I can see, if you take a step back right to the, you know, forget the issues and just look at what are our big differences And I believe the biggest difference is how we see government. And yet again, this is just another reason why America is unique to the rest of the world. But it's not immune to seeing and acting the way the rest of the world does. What I mean by that is, America said, if you read the Declaration of Independence and then you read the Constitution, they pretty clearly frame government as your protector of your God-given rights. That is government's job. You have a certain amount of rights. You know, they're, they were enshrined in the Bill of Rights and in the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence is the foundational stone which says you have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Your founder said the governments are instituted among men to protect those rights. What I see in so many places, and this is in America as well today in many sides, on left and right, is you don't see government as the protector of rights. What you see government is is... To be your defender, to be the great equalizer, to say, hey, I see this in society, whatever it is, fill in the blank. I don't like it. Government should do it. You see this on all aspects. We discussed this last week where we spoke about infrastructure. Hey, we have crumbling roads and bridges. Government must fix it. You see this many, many times, whether you like it or not, with, you know, hey, China's taking advantage of the American people. Government has to solve it. You see this with, you know, ethanol subsidies. You see this with, you know, um, research and development. You know, you look at all the, the programs your government funds, government should do it. You see this with people in the broadband infrastructure where they're like, you know, we have a problem with, you know, 5G broadband. Government should do it. I don't actually see government that way. I see government as a protector of rights. I believe government should be very, very limited. But I want to talk to you about some principles and some rights today that are under attack everywhere. And these should be uniting all of us, even though it's going to make you very uncomfortable to do these. You're going to find yourself, if you're on the side of principles, taking the side that you're like, do I really have to side with these people? If you're for principles, the answer should be yes. Or sorry, I believe the answer should be yes. You can decide for yourself where you're going to stand. Let me give you these stories. First story, from Manchester, England. So there's a guy in Manchester, England, his name is Jeff Oliver. And he married a Cuban lady called Maria. And they live in Manchester. And one of the things these, this couple have done is, for whatever reason, they have set up a Cuban restaurant. Any problem with that? No? 
No, they want to set up their business. They want to set up people, you know, they obviously maybe are offering great food or great prices or, you know, new new culture. People can decide whether they want to go into the restaurant or not, right? It's up to us to decide, hey, I'm going to give you money or I'm not going to give you money, okay? Well, Jeff and his wife are in trouble with the law. Why? Because, now I'm not defending what he's doing. I think it's incredibly stupid. Him and his wife, for whatever reason, thought it'd be really cool to have a flag in the window with Che Guevara on it. Now, I don't know why you want to do that. But, you know, Shea, history has been whitewashed, and Shea is this revolutionary hero who's an icon, who is, who I've been told by some women is damn sexy. I don't know, did he have my accent? Just saying. But, you know, people love him. People admire him. I see Shea t-shirts all the time. But someone was offended by this and made a complaint to the police. Now, here's the first question. If you see a Shea poster or a flag or a t-shirt do you go i'm offended i'm going to call the police because i was in dublin city recently and the capital where i live and i was out in the city you know where all the bars are and i'm walking down the street and there's two flags on the same on a building one at opposite ends one was a shea flag and the other was a rainbow flag i saw it and i went that's stupid because if you actually understand the history of shea which we've discussed on this show a while back of who he really was there's no way those two flags go together because Shay did not like gay people. I know this is a, I know this might break some news to people, but he didn't. But I saw it and I went, that's stupid. Because if you actually understood history, you wouldn't have those two flags, you know, together. But here's what I did. I kept walking on. I didn't go, oh my God, it's a Shay. He, he's a murderer. He, he was a really bad guy. They must take that flag down. No, I don't care. I'll just move on. Now, this couple have decided, you know what, we're not going to take our flag down. We have a right. It's our restaurant. Screw anyone who has a problem with us. What side do you fall on that issue? Because a lot of people go, well, I'm not defending Shea Guevara. You're not defending Shea Guevara. You're defending their right to put up in their restaurant what they want to put up. And if people, again, let me explain this to you. I don't want them to take down the flag because they're told to by the police and by government. I'd like them to see the error of their ways and go, Shay was not a good guy. I'm not defending that. I'll take the flag down. Or maybe the power of the purse works, where people go, you know what? I, I don't care. I like your food. I'm still going to eat in your restaurant. Or if people are so offended by it, they stop eating there because they see the Shay flag. They know who they are and they go, I don't want any part of that. I don't want to give you money. How about that? Would you stand with those that couple? And say, I, de- I defend your right to hang the Shea flag. I defend your right to be completely wrong about history. I defend your right if you want to use more stronger language. I defend your right to be an idiot and a moron. Do you defend that right? Second story. Poland. Poland, in case you don't know, is a heavily, heavily, heavily Catholic country. It's like 90% Catholic. Okay, so you got to put this into context. Because it's a Catholic country, they hold certain things like Catholic traditions pretty important to their culture. Well, there's an LGBT activist over there, and I, I'm going to butcher this lady's name. Elisabetta Polan, Polanesca, Polanes, I don't know, something. Put in some Polish name. She's an LGBT artist. Well, she thought it would be really cool because they're protesting over there because they don't have gay marriage, they don't have, you know, same-sex marriage, uh, legal recognition, and all these different things. And yes, they're trying to do all these these rallies, but she thought, you know what would be really cool? Do you know what will get people to our side? (laughs) Do you know what will make people recognize us more in a heavily Catholic country? Here's what I'm going to do. This is a great idea. This is a wonderful idea. Yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a picture of the Virgin Mary, who's really important in Catholic theology, because she's the mother of Jesus, and they pray to her, and they have the rosary to her, so she's really important in Catholic theology. I'm gonna put a. Ha- I'm gonna fill in the halo around the Virgin Mary, and I'm gonna put a fill it in with the LGB flag colors, because <laughs> this will get people to our side. Well, 
because it's a Catholic country and because we love to use government as the great equalizer, people got offended by that. She was detained. Not only was she detained for doing this, but she had a raid on her house because of this. If she is found guilty of offending religious beliefs, she faces up to two years in prison. The interior minister of Poland went on Twitter and said the following. No stories about freedom and, in in, uh, quotation marks, tolerance, give anybody, in capital letters, the right to offend the feelings of believers, quote, unquote. Now, here's here's another situation. If you have a picture and you buy a picture of the Virgin Mary and you go, hey, I want to draw the rainbow colors on it, do you have a right? Do you have a right to do that? Should you be put in jail for doing that? Should you? Honest question. Is this what we want to do? Is this the world we want to live in? Do we want government to be our defender and our great equalizer? Or do we want them to protect rights? Because what's happening over there right now in Poland is all the LGBT people and all Q and all the other letters, I'm guessing, as well, are defending her. Amnesty International saying she shouldn't be in jail. She should not be facing a crime. She should not be facing a trial. All the other people are going, yes, yeah, she should throw her in jail. That's totally disrespectful. How dare you disrespect the Virgin Mary like that? That is despicable. These are really simple. These are really simple cases for me. We should all be uniting going, hey, look, I think you're, again, let me use language that, you know, let me use insulting language because that's what everyone wants today. Hey, you're a moron for thinking as an LGBT person who wants to recognize rights in a Catholic country by doing this. I think you're an idiot because you're alienating people. I think you're going about your cause the wrong way. But hey, you have a right to be an idiot. You have a right to be a moron. Maybe that's a right we should give to people. Maybe we should put... You know, people in America right now are like talking about amending the Constitution. Maybe that's what we should do. Just make it very simple. You have a God-given right to be an idiot. There's your 27th Amendment. How about that? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Because you do. If you fundamentally believe we're all created equal, how can I tell you what you can and can't do? third story and this is closer to home this is in florida so there's this 23 year old kid called dylan webb and he's in florida and i don't know anything about this guy but you know he's driving a chevy truck and in his infinite wisdom because 23 year olds are just so smart 23 year olds never do anything stupid never do anything dumb never do anything that their parents would be going oh my god this isn't this bad by the way but i, I actually this shows you how dumb I am in you know about your culture. I don't know what this sign means. I'm guessing there's some hidden innuendo about this. I don't know and I don't want to know. But I had this sign in the back of his Chevy. And it's I says three words and I quote, "I eat ass." Now, what you do in the, in the privacy of your own home, I don't really care. I don't want to know either by the way. So please don't tweet me or tell me, "Hey, this is what I mean. I don't want to know." It could be it could be something. I have no idea. But, you know, you have a right to do what you want to do. Just leave me out of it. I will live in ignorance. Now, maybe I'm just putting two and two and coming up with six here, but maybe it's just totally just, hey, I eat ass, whatever. But he got pulled over by the Florida sheriff. And he got arrested for, and I quote, obscene riding on vehicles and resisting an officer because he refused to take it down. His truck was towed and he was released on a $2,500 bond. Apparently, he went to the media because he's actually suing this for violating of his rights, which I say, good for you. But one of the questions apparently the officer asked during the stop was, how would a parent of a child explain it? I eat ass. Now, I don't know what kids are into these days, but we'd probably, you know, when I was growing up, would find that hilariously funny. Like that's, you know, when you're a child, you, you, you think, you know, farting is fun. You know, I don't know about you, but like when you were a kid, you used to put your hand under your arm like and move your arm like a chicken and make, you know, make those noises. Kids find things funny. You know, kids find things a lot funnier than, you know, us 
you know, we would see something as adults and go, that's, wow, we can't have that. And then the kids would see something else and come totally up with some different logical explanation first. And it may be totally innocent because their minds haven't been corrupted yet. But here's the thing. You see sex everywhere on TV. You see gay people, bisexual people, people just, you know, hey, hey you know what, I like you. Let's, let's, let's go together and have sex. This is on telly everywhere. We're going to worry about a little sign called I eat ass. In the general context, this is very, very, very mild. But, hey, hey, even if it isn't mild, that's up to the parent to explain. You know, what about it? I have a right to, hey, I want to put a stupid sign on my van, on my Chevy truck. That's my right, right? This is about free speech. But this is more and deeper. It's how we see government. And it's about who we defend. If we are just so, like you are right now, and in Ireland is, and England is as well, because we're all on these teen jerseys. We're all, well, it's the left versus the right. It's, it's liberals versus the conservatives. It's Fianna Fáil versus Fianna Gael. It's, it's, it's top versus bottom. If you want to be truly for principles, you will find yourself defending people. They're like, do I really have to defend them? Look, let me give you an example. I can't, there are very few people I dislike more in this world than Che Guevara. Like, he's, he is the exact opposite to what I am. He is literally like, if you tell, if you said to me, hey, pick like 20 people in the world you just think are vile. Hitler, Mao, Stalin, Poss. Che Guevara is right there. Like, you know, I don't know whether he makes the top 20 because, damn, we've had a lot of screwed up people in our world. But, he, you know, he's, he, let's put it this way, he makes the short list of people you consider, and then you kind of go, okay, well, I have to be 20, and I'll take the list seriously, and, you know, the 20 worst people. I don't know if he's in the 20 worst people, but damn, he makes the short list. Do I really have to defend the, the people wanting to have his flag? Yes, because you don't have a right to tell people how to own their, own their business. You don't have a right to tell people what they can and can't put up in their home. Likewise in Poland. Do I really have to defend the LGBT artist who's like, you know what's really cool? Let's just get Virgin Mary and put a halo around her with the with the rainbow colors. Yes. I don't like it. I think you're an idiot. I think you're a moron. But you have a right to do it. And you sure as hell don't right, have a right to raid someone's home and be two years in jail maybe because of this. And you sure as hell have a right to put a sign in your truck that says, I eat ass. Because if you're in any doubt, and you're like him and Han on any of these stories, I would ask you just to think for yourself, where is the line? Where is the line of what's okay and what's not okay? And here's the most important question that you have to ask yourself. Who gets to decide? Now, the reason this is important, especially in an American context, where you guys talk about how vastly different the left and the right are. Do you really want to live? Don't think about what you're going to force the Democrats to live under. Ask them, what are you going to be forced to live under? Do you really want to be every two, four, or six years that an election happens? That you literally could live under a law where it says you can't say this? You know, everyone loves to say, hey, I have a right to talk and I have a right, hey, to be, you know, freedom of speech. And, you know, this PC culture needs to stop. Well, then, if you want the PC culture to stop, we cannot be a part of it. We must stand for the people who want to profess their beliefs, even if we disagree with them. Because if you're like, you know what, you shouldn't be allowed to have a shave flag, well, then you're part of a PC culture. It just happens to be you're for a different version of PC than what they are. Do people have a right to free speech? Or do they not? And if you're like, mm, who gets to decide? And be very careful how you answer that question, because it might come back to bite you one day. So if I haven't annoyed you enough, I'm going to proceed to annoy my family if they ever listen to this show even more. Because, 
you know, there are many reasons why I used to want to move to America and wanted to become, you know, America is my home. Even though I'll never get there now, it's still my spiritual home because of these ideas that your founders spoke about. You know, I'm very unpopular in Ireland and especially with my family for many reasons, but because I see the world the exact opposite to them. And I generally, when it comes to issues, I'm on the opposite side rather strongly because of principles. And that's what happens when you have principles. You're not out there to be popular. You know, it's funny because when I talk about issues, I get labeled anything from a never-Trumper to a Trump sycophant. To a globalist, to a Marxist, to um, the funniest one was a Bible-thumping communist. When you're talking about principles, you'll get called every label under the sun. But it's not about labels or sides or teams. It's about principles. I want to talk to you, continue on about talking to you about how government is used to be your defender rather than be the protector of your rights. And I actually want to talk to you about a story from Ireland. Because Ireland is voting in a couple of weeks. Yay! I can't wait. I actually have the decision of who I'm going to vote for because, you know, my last few people haven't worked, you know, because we haven't had the Disney characters uh, in, in government. You know, I voted for Pluto, Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Donald Duck, and Jesus, my last five votes. So I'm kind of running out of characters. So I, I got to think of who am I going to vote for next. And I got to be honest with you, I'll give you a bit of a scoop inside my mind. I think Pinky and the Brain might get my vote. <laughs> Um, because why not? Uh, not just for 2020 in America. I think Pinky and the Brain should just like, you know, we should just have a globalist government. And Pinky and the Brain are like the, the supreme leaders of the world. How, how cool would that be? Um, two pink mice. What could possibly go wrong? But hey, it couldn't get much worse. But we're going to vote. We're going to vote on our councillors, which have no power. We're going to vote on people who we sent to Europe because they will have power and they'll get to tell us what they we got to do. But we're also going to vote in a referendum, and that's a referendum I want to talk to you about. Because the referendum is on divorce. And because of who I am, and because of the beliefs I have, I'm going against the Catholic Church. <gasps> how dare you! I'm also going against all my Catholic family, which is just swell. So, there's a referendum, and what happens in Ireland, in case you don't know how a referendum works, is... In, our, in America, we're similar to America in that we have a, a version of a House and a Senate and a President, but the Senate and the President has no power. All the power is in the what we call the doll, which is the House, and we have a Prime Minister system. But we have referendums where, like, big decisions, like, you know, the, the abortion bill went to the referendum, and everyone gets a vote if you're registered to vote, and then you have to get 50% of the voting public plus one to say, pass these referendums, and then the Constitution is amended. Well, these referendums are becoming more and more popular in Ireland, and the now latest one is on divorce. And basically in Ireland, what has to happen right now is if you go, I want a divorce from my wife or my husband, you have to live apart for four out of the pri- previous five years. They wanted to change this now because they're wanting you to vote, and all the government parties are saying to vote yes for this, to support this, in the local referendum, which would basically mean the Oireachtas will decide the time period that you have to live apart for divorce. And the proposal is, well, it hasn't been put into law or hasn't even been drafted, I believe. It's just what they've alluded to in public is they want to reduce the period from four years to two. All the more liberal left-wing groups are, yeah, let's reduce this. You know, it places an undue burden. On families, it's not fair if you're getting a divorce. Why make it, you know, why, you know, draw out the process? Our friends on the quote-unquote right, uh, even though they're not right-wing by any principles, they are on the Catholic Church, the Iona Institute, which is big in Roman um, Catholic over in Ireland. They've said, no, 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 we can't have this. It has to be four years because we don't want to make things easy. We don't want what they call quote-unquote quickie divorces. This is the whole subject. And what they believe is and what they call for is that, well, you know, if, you know, people sometimes, and they're using all these stats of, well, you know, the amount of people who are, you know, separate for a couple of years and then because they can't divorce straight away, all of a sudden find each other way back and, you know, they find them back into love and they start moving into each other and it's better for the kids and all these different reasons. And it's pro-family to, you know, make this, keep it at four years. They'd probably have it longer if they could. Here's why I disagree with the Catholic Church. First off, 
Why do you have government involved in divorce? Why do you have, what give, go, gives government the right to say who can and who can't get a divorce? All government is is a representation of people. If you have decided you're going to get married and you are leaving someone and you're going to get a divorce, who has the right to say, no, you can't? Who? If you fundamentally say, no, we're all created equal, then I don't have a right to tell you what you can and cannot do. This is a concept that seems to be lost on a lot of people, regardless of faith, the ideology, theology, or just general beliefs, or how the world, they think the world should work. If you believe in equality, that we're all equal, then you don't have a right to tell people what to do. I don't have a right to tell you what to do, and you sure as hell don't have a right to tell me what to do. I will act how I see fit, unless I start infringing on your rights, like, hey, I'm going to take your stuff. Or I'm going to, you know, beat you up or something. Then, yeah, you have a right to tell me, no, you can't beat people up. That's what government's job is if you believe the American system of, we're there to protect your rights. You have a right not to be beaten up, a right not to be stolen from. Of course, unless it's the government stealing from you, but that's a whole different kettle of fish. The problem with this is, and I don't want to make this about anti-Catholicism, because I'm not anti-Catholic. I just disagree with a lot of it, but I'm not anti. I have a lot of friends and I have family who are Catholics who are good, decent people. Why are you in a system where you're using government as your weapon, as your defender, or as your way to present your ideology? I have seen many people get married in the Catholic Church who... With the exception of maybe their baptism, communion, and confirmation, very rarely, if at all, step foot in a Catholic church. Which is the answer to this? If you are a religious person, whether you're Jewish, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Catholic or Protestant, you all have some version of marriage. Which is the answer to this? That you actually take self-responsibility for your actions where you go, you know what, we're going to vet who we get married. And there are going to be people we refuse. But we're going to take it among ourselves, as Catholics, as Protestants, as Christians, as Jews, that if someone gets married in our church, we're going to be sure as hell, make sure that they have some type of lifelong commitment, that this isn't just a fad. Like the old days where you wanted to get married... I'm just talking from a Christian point of view. I don't know much about the Muslim or the Jewish way of traditions. But I can't imagine uh, back in the old days it was much different. In the old Catholic Christian days, if I said, let's just use me as a gimme pick. Hey, I find a woman, she loves me, I love her, we're all loved up. And we go, I say I ask her to marry me. And in her infinite stupidity, she goes, yes, John, I'll marry you, I love you. God help that girl if she ever exists. But what would happen then is you'd go to the church. And you go, I've asked her to marry me. I've given her a ring. She said, yes. Father, will you marry me? Will you marry us? They'd go, okay, yeah, well, they'd go through an interview and you go through a questionnaire process. And then you'd go through a course. How many people go through that anymore? And then here's the thing. People always think a marriage is just one day. Oh, they get to go and they get to go and get married. And if you ever notice... Talk about modern day marriages. Have you been to a marriage recently where the marriage was all about the ceremony in the church? All about coming together, you know, before God, if you're a religious person, of becoming before God and declaring your infinite love that you have found your match. That the two of you are going to become one body. Because that's in the Bible. Have you ever seen that? Or has the priority been on, hey, what's my dress going to be like? Hey, it's my day. Hey, what's the reception going to be? What's the grub going to be? Where are we going to go? Where's the honeymoon? Where's the priority? Where's the focus? Maybe if you want to actually make marriages more sincere, more last longer, maybe changing the focus of the day to not a big hoolie, not hey about food and dresses and all this important stuff, but the focus is on you two coming together to declare your love before God and forming a sacred bond. But also, let's just play it for, for one step further. For whatever reason, she said yes, we got married, and two, three years, ten years down the road, I, I still am doing what I'm doing, and she's like, I don't love you anymore. Whose job is it to keep us together? Surely then, is it the Catholic Church's job or the Protestant Church? Whatever church we'd get married in, which would be hilariously funny because I'm not religious. I don't know what church I'd get married in. But whose job is it then? Is the, is the priest's job who marries us dead and stop when they marry us? When, when he says, you may kiss the bride, is his job done? 
Is he like, hey, my responsibilities here are done? Or is it more a case of, you know what? I'm going to see you through your life's journey. I'm going to make sure you're okay. Check in on you from time to time. And if you find out that there's strife in the marriage, then you come and say, hey, what's going on? I married you. We went through our course together. What can we do to help? Is that sound like a plausible idea for how the church should operate? Or is it more a case of, now nah, we won't do any of that. It's not, it's not anyone else's responsibility. It's your responsibility, and we're going to make government keep you together. Honest question. Because you see, right now, we have a fundamental disagreement on how we see government. I don't want government to be my great equalizer. I don't want government to be, say, hey, everyone should see the world the way John does. Look, let's just take it from an American point of view. I wish every American loved America more than I do. That is what I think would be healthy. I think, you know what, if you actually all understood your history, and you understood, not just to my level, but past my level, I would love that. I would make. I could make a very good argument in a court case saying that's what Americans should do. Americans should be proud of their nation. But they also should understand their history of why they are exceptional. And that every American should be able to tell someone in a sentence or two sentences or in 60 seconds why factually America is an exceptional nation. Is that outreach? Now, if you said to me, John, we're going to make this law that makes every American be able to do that, would, I su- would you support it? No, because it goes against the very ideals of your founding principles. You have a right to freedom. You have a right to be, as my new constitutional amendment is, you have a right to be an idiot. I don't have a right to tell you what to think. I don't have a right to say, no, you must think America thinks this way. And I'm going to make sure the government tells you what to think. You have a fundamental right. If you believe in freedom to think, you know what? I think America sucks. You have a right to be as frustrating, as annoying, as incredibly like upsetting as it gets. Where you have a right to be your one Ilan Omar. Where, like, literally the situation in Venezuela, you have a horrible dictator with tanks running over innocent people in the streets, and you're like, oh, I think it's America's fault. It's American and America's tariffs and American blockades. You have a right to be an idiot. You have a right to be a moron. You can be wrong about stuff. I don't have a right to tell her, no, hey, listen, Representative Omar, you're going to sit down and talk to me for a few minutes, and I'm going to tell you what to think. Because that's not freedom. It may be well-intentioned, it may be very noble at its core, but it is a form of tyranny. The question for you is, what do you want to use government as? Do you want to use government to do something? Or do you want it to be a protector of your rights, which is what your founders set out for? Because where does the line stop? What can government not do? If government can be involved in marriage and now divorce... Where does it stop? I have asked people this question so many times, and I'll ask you this question. Your constitution came together when 13 colonies came together and said, we have the power, but we come together as 13 colonies to give the federal government certain powers. In Article 1, Section 8 of your constitution, there are 18 clauses of what the federal government can do. Everything else is left to the states. Can you write me 18 things the federal government can't do? Not what they can do, what they can't do. Where there's off limits. No, they can't touch this. They can't do this. And don't make it what the left would do, because that's easy. The left will only want green new deals and no cars and, you know, can't keep your money and they'll want taxation at 100%. No, focus in on Republicans. You can't change the left, but you sure as hell can change the Republican Party. Tell me the things the Republican Party can't do. Tell me the things Donald Trump can't do for the next two years or the next six years. Give me 18 things. Heck, give me three. Give me five, ever how many you can, of what they can't do. Because this is what we need to start discussing. Because right now, everyone wants to use government as their weapon. They they want to use government to tell you what to do. Even from my point of view, even with the most noblest intents. Even telling someone they have to be free is a form of tyranny if you're telling them what to do.
This show is released every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. We're on all major platforms for free. You don't ever have to pay a penny. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, OmniFM, CastBox. You name it, we're on it, and it's for free. If you happen to listen on a pro platform, please subscribe. Also, if you happen to listen on a platform like iTunes, which uses an algorithm where you know you get found by new members, please leave us a rating and review. It helps us get found, and we can't grow this show without you. And this show is not about me. It's not about making money. This show is about just sharing the message of American exceptionalism at a time when I think it's needed most and a message of principles i want to finish today's show by talking to you about the difference between principles and personalities you know when you live in a culture which america lives in right now but also ireland and europe and europe is pretty familiar with this is when it's all about teams and personalities and there's no principles what happens is you get divided into sides and we make everyone either gods or satan We can never actually look at things objectively. Either someone is always awesome or someone is always the worst of everything. You see this with Donald Trump. I see this, you know, if you look at my social media on Donald Trump, Donald Trump is either the greatest president of all time or he is Satan incarnate. I don't believe neither is true. Donald Trump is a flawed man just like the rest of us. Does good things, does bad things. If we make things about people being good or bad, we will always lose the argument. You will never have any constructive argument. You will never grow. When you make things about principles, which is what I try and do each and every week, you will find yourself being very uncomfortable because it's not easy to go, oh, look, that person over there, they're a socialist. I have nothing in common with them. When you make things about principles, you're like, wow, we found common ground. I agree with you on that. And it makes you go, do I, like we did earlier on, do I really have to defend the shade flag, those people? Well, yeah, if you believe in freedom, you do. I want to finish up today's show by talking to you about three different people for three different reasons about how we could just look at them and go, just dismiss them. But then we might be actually missing a principle involved. The first one is, and I know nothing about your culture. I, I know nothing about your culture. Let me tell you how little I, let me give you an analogy about how little I know about your culture. You know how much Glenn knows about sports? Nothing, right? I know less about your culture. I get my cultural updates from if some news happens to break or from my mother. I love A-Rod. A-Rod was my favorite baseball player of all time. My mother told me he was jading J-Lo. My mother told me he proposed to her. That's, I get my, my cool hip news from my mother, who, who is not very cool and hip, as mothers not tend not to be, you know? So that shows you how much I know and how much I care. That being said, certain things and certain stories get true. First person, Amal Clooney. Now, I don't know what Mal Clooney is like. I don't know what our principles are. I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and say me and her wouldn't get along, based on some of what she's said in the past, but also who she's married to. I know he went on a big rant last week about climate deniers and said loads of different stuff. Cool. I don't know what she's like. But it wouldn't be too far to say we're not going to see much eye to eye. But I want to share a story of her where we should all be able to respect her. It makes you feel uncomfortable. And I'll use the language of the day, if I may. Where you have in America right now all the fake news media going around going, Oh my God, Donald Trump is infringing on our rights and he's rising up the rhetoric of fake news and and we're all targets and we're all going to... He's going to lock us all up and throw away the key because Donald Trump hates us. Yeah, you hear all that rhetoric? Not naming any, you know, not naming any journalist in particular, like who's writing a book right now and reading it into an, you know, audio version. I, I, like, it's not like I'm talking about Jim Acosta in here, you know, just not talking about anyone, not even talking about CNN, just, just general, you know, you can, you can fill in the blanks yourself. But in a time where you have all this bullcrap about Donald Trump being an enemy of the press. Now, I don't like Donald Trump's rhetoric. I'm not defending it here, by the way. But at a time when you have that as the biggest concern, do you know what Amal Clooney just did? Amal Clooney. Amal Clooney went to Myanmar. There were two journalists who worked for Reuters who were arrested and sentenced under the Official Secrets Act and sentenced to seven years in jail. Now, which do you think is more, you know, maybe let's, which is the easier case? 
Defend the media against nasty, evil Donald Trump in, from the comfort of your own home in America or Myanmar? Let's put this into context. That's what she did. And she got them freed because she helped them get a presidential pardon. She was part of a lawyer team. Now, again, I don't have to like Anmal Clooney. I don't dislike her, but I don't have to like her. I don't have to agree with what she did to say, you know what? Good job. She actually put up instead of just going around and been like everyone else, been a victim in the world. Second person. Again, I know less about, I know more about Amal Clooney and I know nothing than I do about this person. Second person. Again, you don't have to agree with what they do, but you have to at least give respect to people who are actually doing stuff in the community. Second person is Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. If I've watched 10 seconds of Keeping Up With The Kardashians or whatever that show is named, that's on the high side. It's not something I ever want to go, Oh, I wonder what Keeping Up With The Kardashians has this week. I don't even know the characters. I'm guessing Kim is on it because I see her everywhere. I'm I'm guessing, I don't know, her brothers and her sisters are on it. I know she's married to Kanye. I'm guessing he's on it, but I don't know. I think the only thing I ever read about them was where they went to Venezuela or Cuba. And we're like, oh, isn't this cute and grand? Why, why, you know, we don't have cell phones. It was, it was a break from our cell phones. Wasn't this great? That's about as much as I know about her. What does she do in, in society that deserves respect? Well, first of all, at a time where people were like, Donald Trump is Satan. Donald Trump is Hitler. You don't even want to be seen in the same room as him. She's like, I actually care about this case. I'm going to meet with Donald Trump. And she met with Donald Trump and was respectful with Donald Trump. And she got something that she wanted. She got a person pardoned. Well, in the last three months, she has helped 17 federal prisoners get out of jail. Because what she's working on is federal drug drug offenses. She's seeking to get those crimes reduced particularly those that are serving life sentences. Now, you may agree with this, you may disagree with this, but here's Kim Kardashian. Now, I don't know what celebrities do in their off days or in their days of, you know, work and leisure. I'm sure maybe they get manis and petties, maybe they go shopping, maybe maybe they go for lunch, darling, and we'll have an afternoon tea, and, and we, you know, we'll drink champagne or prosecco, and, you know, we'll have a few martinis on the yachts. I don't know what celebrities do. I'm the exact opposite. I'm as poor as anyone. So I have no idea what a celebrity does in their downtime. She could be doing all that. She could be, you know, walking some Broadway place, you know, doing all this, you know, fashion shows. If that's what she does, again, I don't even know if she does that. Whatever she could do. She could do that. She could have a nice, easy life. Because she probably has enough money where she doesn't have to work a day in her life. If I had to guess, I'd say she has enough money that her kids will never have to work a day in her life. So she could do nothing. What's she doing? She's actually helping people get free. But also more than that, she's actually going to sit the bar exam in 2022. That takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of determination. That's going to take a lot of brain power to study the bar exam for 2022. That's going to require a lot of late nights, a lot of coffee. That is not easy. So she could have the easy life, but she's choosing not to. Does that deserve any respect? Or do we just brush her under the carpet? God, it's only Kim Kardashian, John. She's just a big lib. Can we respect? If we're about principles, you're going to find yourself in uncommon bedfellows. We're going to make you really, really uncomfortable. Also, I spoke to a few friends in that industry it's not like she's Kim Kardashian and she's like this big, you know, celebrity and she's going to come in and everyone's going to work with her. Few people have told me people won't work with her because she's Kim Kardashian, because she's a big celebrity, because they'll have a lot of resentment to her, because she'll get opportunities others won't. So she's going to have her work to cut out if she's going to gain respect in that field. She's doing it anyway. Again, whether you agree with or disagree with what she's doing, the girl deserves some respect, no? She's trying to do something. She's trying to fight for her, you know, a better society in her eyes. Right or wrong, that's what she's trying to do. And the third person, and you're going to freak out. This is, you, if I haven't lost you by now by defending Amal Clooney and Kim Kardashian, I'm going to trip you over the edge by this third person. But before I tell you who this third person is, I want to be crystal clear on something. I don't like this person. 
I don't agree with this person, and I sure as hell don't want them to win in 2020. Are we clear about this? Don't like them. Don't want them to win in 2020. Don't want anything to do with them. But I want to tell you why, in a world where we're not struggling, where we're struggling with hope, where so many of my friends literally just want to blame the left on everything and say they're just a bunch of socialist progressive hippies, Joe Biden's campaign message to announce his candidacy should give everyone a bit of pause and a smidgen of hope. Why? Do you get hope from him winning in 2020 or he's going to be the nominee? Nope, it's not about Joe Biden. Do I want him to win the primary or the, or the, the general? Nope. Joe Biden would be a horrifically bad president. Horrifically bad president. Joe Biden, the only thing Joe Biden ever did for conservatives, and this is a long-term thing, was he was the great barometer on foreign policy. Because if you were agreeing with Joe Biden, there was like a 99.9% chance you were on the wrong side. It did not automatically mean you were on the right side, but you, you knew you were pretty wrong. Because Joe Biden's on foreign policy is horrifically bad. And I'm not talking, well, under Obama. I'm talking 10, 20, 25 years more. That's how bad of his track record is. None of his foreign policy, if you go back and read, which I'm sure they'll do in the campaign, look back at what he said was going to happen and actually did happen from 20, 25 years ago. It's wrong, 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 wrong. He's horrible. So I don't want him to win. I don't like Joe Biden. There are certain politicians I've heard things about behind the scenes. Joe Biden I've heard bad things about just not going to associate with that being said did you watch his campaign ad to where he announced his presidency here's where i got the smidgen of hope when in a we're in a field right now of 1,279,000 candidates and they are literally hey i'll give you this i'll give you an obama phone i'll give you free college i'll give you free this i'll give you free that i'll fight for you i'll do this i'll give you this i'll do this plan i'll take it to donald trump what was his message about the Constitution, about the Declaration of Independence? Now, he butchers it, and he follows it up, and with his actions, he butchers the Constitution just as much as everyone else does. So I'm not defend- making him out to be some constitutionalist. But he spoke about it in his message. Why should that give everyone hope? Why should that give everyone pause? Let me explain. Since we were talking about lawyers earlier on, let me give you the analogy of this. His opening statement, message to you was effectively a lawyer's opening statement for a court case and your opening statement when you're in court as a lawyer is kind of like this is the foundation this is what i'm going to build on this is exact i'm going to tell you what i'm going to do that's my opening statement and then as i make my case either to prosecute or defend i'm going to lay out the case going this is why they're guilty or this is why they're innocent and then in my closing statement i'm going to say i told you i was going to do this these are the facts i laid out this is what i did and this is why you should rule this way his opening statement to you was based around the constitution and the declaration of independence why should this give you hope because unless joe biden is unprepared or by this message was some fluke there is not a word that is in there that has not been poll tested, that's not been given to some focus group, that's not been taught out a lot by a lot of different people. These messages are taught out, hey, there's not one word that's in a video from a politician that has not been dissected a million different ways. Well, what does this say to white people? What does this say to men? What does this say to women? What does this say to minorities? What does this say to gay people and straight people? And who's most important to us? In a time where everyone thinks that every leftist is a democratic, progressive, socialist hippie, he said, you know what, I'm going to talk about the Declaration of Independence. I'm going to talk about the Constitution. There is people clearly there that he has targeted, whether he agrees with them or not is irrelevant, whether he actually believes what he says or not is irrelevant. But he sees that my path to victory is by talking about it, or at least my opening salvo is. That should give every conservative, every Republican hope that maybe there are Democrats we can talk to. That there are Democrats we can reach out to. But not make it about Donald Trump, not make it about the Republican Party, but make it about principles. I know this because I have some friends. And some of my friends are dead silent because it's not worth the risk for them to speak out. Here's why. Because they have all the, uh, my friends on the right screaming, Oh, you're just a socialist. Oh, you're Bernie Sanders loving. 
They're like, no, I'm not. But if they speak out, the right will say to them, we don't believe you. You're just saying that. And their progressive friends will say, sit down and shut up. You see, they don't like you anymore. You may as well side with us. That's what happens to them. Would you speak out? Would you dare speak out against your politician? If you disagree with your politician, you ever tried to speak out about against it? Does it go over well or are you told, sit down and shut up in effect? If we make things about politics, if we make things about parties, if we make things about people, I don't see how any of us get anywhere. I believe more strongly than ever that if we make things about principles, we make inroads. It's not about left and right. It's about freedom and liberty. As I made out the case in this show, it's not about left or right or liberal or conservative. It's about how you view government. Do you view government as your American founder set out in an exceptional vision of saying, no, government is not the giver of rights. And its fundamental duty is to protect the rights of the people. And these are our rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the Bill of Rights. Or is government the great equalizer? Is government no more than a weapon for that you get control of, that you use it against your enemies, and you enforce what your view of the world is? Whether that's liberty or tyranny, you enforce it with an iron fist. Which way do we view government? These are the questions I'd ask you to ponder this weekend. And if you disagree with me, get in touch with me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Freedom Disciple. I'm on Facebook, Jonathan Dunn 58 I'm not hard to find if, you know, I love discussing and agreeing and disagreeing with you on issues. I hope this show has given you something to ponder on this weekend. As always, we finish the show the same way we do each and every week. By saluting the real heroes in society, your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, your vets. You know, the men and women who are Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, gay, straight. Who actually just want to make tomorrow a better place and serve people. And lastly, I salute you, the great American people. You're talking to someone who actually believes in the tenets and the sentiments of the Tocqueville. America is great because Americans are good. America is great because Americans are good. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, you all have a great week. God bless. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network. 